All right, welcome in. Uh, disjointed but uh, happy edition of the Horse Racing Happy Hour. John Lindo with us uh, from Thoroughbred LA. Uh, we love to do these kinds of shows uh, leading up to Breeders' Cup. If you missed our coverage yesterday, we talked with James Welsh uh, from Scotland uh, because he watches a lot more European grass racing than I do. And so we invited a man who watches more California racing than I do. His name is John Lindo, as I mentioned. John Lindo 60 on X or Twitter or whatever they call it this week. Uh, John, good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. We got everything working. I can hear you. How about that? Hey, um, so uh, look, uh, Breeders' Cup, lots of different places. Uh, you and I talked about this on another version of this recording in the last couple of minutes. But um, back to California, and I think the obvious positive is, look, you get the weather, and it looks like the weather's going to be great. It is, and Santa Anita is a great venue for the Breeders' Cup. It's big enough to hold the fans. It's a real easy view when you want to watch the horses train in the morning coming off the racetrack. And, you know, with these San Gabriel Mountains behind the racetrack during the races themselves, it's unbelievable. Do you think, and James Walsh was talking about this with us yesterday, um, just the heat. Do you think it, it affects the European grass horses? You're going to have, you know, not a dry course, but a very firm course, right? You know, have that California sort of effect on the turf course at, at Santa Anita. Do you think it affects the European runners or do you expect them to do just fine this weekend? It can, but the weather has not been as as warm as it can be this time of year in Southern California. We've been dealing this morning uh, when the sun came up, it was 54 degrees. Right. It'll get to a high of around 80. So it, at the ni at night, it's still cool. So uh, yeah, a lot of times you'll get those horses coming over with some winter coats starting, but we're not at that point yet where I don't think it's going to really affect them as much as it could. Well, cool. All right. So let's get straight into it. Um, we started uh, with the Saturday card yesterday. We'll start with the Friday card today because there's a chance that the superstar of the weekend is running on Friday, and her name is Tamara. She runs in race six on Friday, John. Um, and, look, mom was great. Uh, she's great. Uh, a chance at a real uh, exclamation point on what's already been an excellent two-year-old year. Is this just tomorrow in a bunch of in a bunch of, a bunch of fillies? You know, I think so. I, I really do. Uh, tomorrow in, in the, in the uh, debutante down at Del Mar, the way she ran away from the field around the far turn without being asked sure reminded me of her mom beholder in the Pacific Classic against the boys. And uh, she ran through the wire where I don't think two turns, which this will be her first start around two turns. Yeah. I don't think it's going to make a difference. And she's trained well into this race. Richard Mandela purposely skipped the prep race to Chandelier at the beginning of the Santa Anita meet just to wait for this, give her a little bit of time between races. And she's got the right kind of mind. She overcame trouble in her first start when she drew the rail and broke slowly. Uh, she showed last time with a clean trip what she can do. And being by Bolt de Oro out of Beholder, I don't think two turns is going to be a problem. I, I think uh, she's going to have to make a mistake for the, the race to go someplace else. Any any reason Baffert doesn't have one here? Yeah, I don't think he had anything good enough. Uh, you know, he he tried. He had Dua in doing some uh, races earlier and and uh, nothing like you and a few others, but they just didn't pan out. Or And he got a little bit of a late start with his Phillies, especially this year. So I just think he's behind a little bit, and uh, he didn't have anything for the race. What um of the of the horses shipping in from from east of you, which is everybody else essentially, uh, between you know say a Candide or um you know even another horse that was out there, uh, Chitalis obviously won the Chandelier last out. It looks like tomorrow's faster than all of those horses, but is there another horse that you think has a real shot here? I would think the horse to beat would probably be Candy. She drew the rail, and uh, she's going to come from off the pace, so she'll save ground around the first turn. 
I would expect Shatalas from post six to go. And Tamara's drawn right outside of her. I think she just follows her into a really nice trip. And, and Candied might be the one that if they go too fast up front, saving ground early, and she'll she'll finish. Uh, the one thing I worry about Candied, she, she's had trouble changing leads in the stretch. She, st she stays on the wrong lead. If she can switch over, there's room to improve. And uh, she's she's done a lot in her first two starts. I think she's still learning. She's not. We haven't seen her best yet. So if she jumps forward, maybe that's the biggest threat. Uh, Esprit Enchanté, 20 to 1. You do get Juan Hernandez. Um, I don't think Peter Miller enters this horse if he doesn't think that she's at least got a chance at a, at a check. Uh, you think she might hit the board? I, I think she's up against it because of the rest of the horses I've seen in California, I just think Chamra's heads and, you know, lengths and lengths in front. And there's got to be something in that gap to fill, to fill the rest of the spots. Got it. All right. Well, two races later, uh, we see three Bafferts. I mentioned him earlier in that Breeders' Cup Juvenile. A couple of names, certainly, uh, that our listeners would know between Prince of Monaco and, um, of course, with Muth. Uh, he's also got um, Wind Me Up in here with Ramon Vasquez. Uh, of those three, who stands out to you, John? You know what? Uh, I, I like Muth. Uh, I didn't know if he would route, but when he won the front runner earlier in the meet and he sat off the pace, which I didn't think he could do, he checked a lot of boxes. He could rate. He sat inside. He took a little dirt, and then he finished. Uh, at 142 and change, uh, I thought it was really, really good at that time. So I think Muth is probably the best of the Bob Bafferts. Uh, Prince Monaco beat him handily at Del Mar in the best pal. He ran just a huge race, and then he came back to win the Del Mar Futurity. I didn't think he was nearly as impressive that day. I thought he went backwards a little bit, and he still won. Bob Baffert skipped the front runner with Prince of Monaco, and he's trained into this race. I'm not sure, Louis, if this horse really wants to go two turns. We're going to find out, and uh, I have a little bit of doubt in my mind as to whether how Prince of Monaco will go the distance. Uh, Wind Me Up is going to be the biggest price of the three Bob Baffert horses. He's going to make the lead in here. He's very, very quick. He drew post three. And I don't see Bob Baffert sending his other two horses after the other one to try and kill them off. So if Wind Me Up makes a lead, he could carry a long ways in here. And at 15 to one, he's a fair price and he might be worth a wager. Locked is coming out of that British fraternity at uh, Keeneland. Uh, Timberlake out of the champagne, but a sloppy champagne uh, at Aqueduct. Uh, either of those horses do anything for you? The wine steward, maybe? Uh, who ran second in that Breeders' Cup Futurity as well with Mike Maker, Luis Saez? I think Locked is a nice horse. He overcame some trouble on a wide trip, and that short stretch at Keeneland I don't think helped him. So I think the longer stretch of Santa Anita will be in his favor. And I, I thought the Timberlake going up, he avoided Locked. He went up to, up to Aqueduct for the race up there. And even in the slop, I thought he was really impressive. So now you've got, you know, Brad Cox, you've got Todd Pletcher, and you've got Bob Baffert. So the right guys with the right horses in a good Breeders' Cup juvenile. And, you know, I, I would say, I don't know what happened to Fierceness last time in the slop, mm -hmm. why he backed up. But off his maiden win, his debut win, he was so good. He's got to have a chance to bounce back. If you can figure out a reason why he didn't fire, and I haven't heard any reason why he didn't. Uh, but he's a horse that I think has the ability to jump into that mix as well. Interesting to see that they're flying Manny Franco out to ride general partner on Friday as well. Um, there's a Japanese horse in here in a Coro Neo. Um, I, I don't know have you, if you've gotten a chance. Have you seen that horse on the track? Uh, last time uh, there was a, a California Breeders Cup. We all had to wake up to the fact that the Japanese were doing a great job with their trainees. I don't anticipate anything different this weekend, John. I think we'll definitely see. Um, by the way, I, I think I said it right after it happened. 
but I don't think we can get enough Japanese celebrations in the winter circle in horse racing. Like we need all of them. <laughs> They're fantastic. And so um, a Coroneo, is that a horse that you've seen? How is, how is John Lindo approaching the Japanese horses this weekend? In general, I, I think the horses we've seen in North America are a little, are, are kind of modest this year. So this is a great opportunity for the foreign horses, maybe step up and do some good in the dirt races this year. Right. I don't think it's going to be the two-year-old. I mean, that's an awful lot to ask coming internationally and uh, this dirt course is a lot different than the dirt they have in Japan. That's a much deeper, slower type of course. I don't know if this horse will handle it. I've only seen him a little bit. You know, the focus out here has been been in the classic and Ushpa Tesoro and, and Derma Sotogaki. I think probably those two would probably have the best chances. And maybe the, the filly that's in the filly mare sprint from Japan, she's supposed to be a nice filly as well. On, on Friday, um, I don't want to go to Saturday before asking, is there a horse in a in a turf race that's a West Coast based or someone that you've watched a bunch as a two-year-old that stands out to you or are you going to lean heavy on Euros on, on Friday as well? The best turf horse, uh, as far as the juvenile uh, turf, the route races endlessly. Uh, that's the horse from Mike McCarthy's barn. He he's, he's, he's good. He's getting better. But this is a whole different level of horse he's facing on Friday. I don't think he's good enough at this point to, to win that race. As far as the, the turf sprints, uh, you know, you've got Slider in the fifth race, the, the juvenile turf sprint. He's the only California horse. He won a, a, a race earlier at Santa Anita, but he, he tried to bolt on the far turn, mm -hmm. and he's drawn in post 11. If he tries that again, he, you're going to get a real good look at him in the grandstand because he's going to be way out in the middle of the racetrack. Uh, he's, got, he's got the ability, he, but there's a ton of speed drawn on the inside part of this race. And I think he's got a lot of work to do there. So in general, I, I think as far as the California two-year-olds on the grass, the, the Philly, the Philly turf race, flattery and, and, and uh, dream fire, dream fire is quick from an outside post. Uh, Phil D'Amato has a first time California starter that they bought in Europe for almost $800,000. They named Lane La or La, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> number four in the program, but yeah. I know he's high in her and she's training well but I haven't seen her. Got it. Okay. Yeah. She's coming out of the, uh, the pre-eclipse at uh, Chantilly there uh, where she lost by a neck, but uh, has been running really uh, in group twos and threes uh, there in France as well. And um, uh, frankly, uh, James Walsh, who we had on yesterday said the best racing this year has been in France uh, on the grass. So we'll see a lot. We'll see. Um, last year we were like, yeah, Rebels Romance been running in Germany. Is that good? And then Rebels Romance, you know, no problem at all uh, at Keeneland. So it should be interesting uh, that way. Uh, as we uh, go into Saturday, um, John, how much are you going to be looking at? Because you mentioned, oh, they've got speed. They're going to be on the lead, that kind of stuff. How much, especially in the route races, you know, we know sprinting's its own thing. And that, frankly, sh sure, it changes course to course, but we know what sprinting is. As far as route races, though, very few places in the world where horses get out front, stay out front like Santa Anita. Are you going to be right. looking for that as well on Saturday? You, you start with that. You always look at the pace in, in, in the West Coast, especially Santa Anita. Uh, if you come off the pace, you, you better be in the ball game by the time you hit the far turn. If you try and make up eight lengths in the stretch, it's just not going to happen unless the race falls apart. So tactical speed is very important in these big fields. You have to avoid the trouble. And I don't think you want to get buried down inside uh, these, you know, you'll, you'll take a lot of dirt and the kickback here can be bad sometimes. So uh, tactical speed is an absolute plus in, in the rate, anything on the dirt at Santa Anita. 
All right. Well, uh, obviously, double bad news this morning, obviously, with Practical Move and with Archangelo for different reasons. Uh, we get into that Breeders' Cup mile, the dirt mile, uh, and race three on Saturday. Um, Cody's Wish becomes the absolute uh, obvious favorite there, John. But we're talking about a two-turn race. And uh, sometimes, uh, and, race, and frankly, recently, Cody's Wish uh, has decided to uh, back his way out of the gate at the start for some reason. And so um, does a horse like National Treasure have a shot here? It's interesting to see Baffert go to the mile, but with a two-turn mile, I actually think it's a good it's a good move for him. I think it's a good move, and you're right, uh, you know, a practical move out of the race. The pace scenario is kind of cloudy. Uh, Cody's wish we know is going to be coming from out of it, and I really think he's better around one turn than he is two. Sure, he won the uh, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile last year at Keeneland, but he was all out to get up at the wire, and, and if you look at his other races around one turn, they were just better. I thought he was vulnerable in here. I think maybe number four, Zozos, makes the lead. But National yeah. Treasure from the outside, you know, Bob Baffert, his horses are going to be in the race. I think he just tells Flavian Pratt, send him and see how far he'll go. Uh, if he doesn't make the lead, he's not real big on passing. So, you know, ask me after the first quarter mile if he's got a chance. If he's on the front end, yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Is there another horse in here that you're interested in? We talked about Algiers yesterday uh, coming off of uh, essentially what – was was described to me as a tune-up on the uh, uh, the Tapita up there uh, at Woodbine. Um, I think he's going to be right at the pace, right, you know, essentially sitting on the hip of whoever's at the front. Um, like I said, I do like the turn back in distance for a national treasure. Any chance of like a Skippy Logstocking jumping up here, uh, getting the lead and just uh, not letting anybody catch him? I, I honestly think anything's possible here. Okay. I, again, if I, I I think Algiers has a chance. I know he went up to try the, the torpedo race at Woodbine because of all the rain in New York. And uh, so it was obviously a prep, but he, he still has to prove he can handle dirt. And uh, I don't know if he has California speed based on what I've seen. But, uh, you know, he's got to have some type of chance. Skippy Longstocking, I, I would be a little bit surprised if he can make the lead in here. I think the lead is for the taking by Zozos. If he wants to go, he's the quickest horse in the race. And I think their best chance is just to put him on the lead. All right. Well, uh, two races later is that Philly and mare sprint uh, surprising sort of a small number of horses from out West. That'll be in this one. Uh, but we'll see some names that people definitely know uh, as well. Uh, Monterey, good night. Olive, uh, obviously coming in from the East Coast, some other horses. Kirsten Bosch at 10 to 1 and Ida, is it Ida or Ada? I don't ever remember, uh, are in this race at 10 to 1 as well. Either of them have much of a chance to win or at least hit the board for you, John? Maybe Kirsten Bosch hits the board. To be honest with you, Louis, the, the California Philly and Mare Sprinters have been a very weak group this year. It's very, very soft. I, I don't think the winner is going to come from California in this race. You know, you have Goodnight Olive, the defending champ. She drew the rail. Uh, and But the Philly that's trained really well since she's come out here is Society. She's training mm -hmm. like a wild horse for Steve Asmussen. She's fast. She draws post seven out of nine, which is a good spot to be. And, you know, I just think she's a free-running kind of horse. You just let her run at seven eighths. And uh, she's really interesting in here to me. I, I think she's going to run a big one. But I'm, I'm a big fan of Goodnight Olive. I mean, she lost last time, but she lost to Echo Zulu. And then... Uh, that there's no disgrace in that. And she fought Echo Zulu. She gave her all she she could handle. Uh, good night, all the one to beat. Society maybe the one to catch. But I really do think that the California horses are up against it. Of the three, uh, clearly unhinged, Ida and Kirsten Bosch. Maybe Kirsten Bosch sits in back and runs on late and maybe gets into the try or super. But uh, I don't think any of those three are good enough.
I'm interested too. Does Yugiri follow up what was a very solid race at Keeneland with another good effort at Santa Anita uh, from the outside there, Ricardo Santana Jr. You mentioned society though. She really does seem to be coming into her own this summer. And uh, if uh, Steve Asmussen is good at anything, it is with uh, one turn sprinters. And so uh, we will see uh, if Tyler can get it done again on her uh, in that one, her last loss, by the way, was going two turns in the La Troyenne on Derby day uh, re, uh, this year. Uh, but since then has won at seven furlongs twice uh, once at over uh, fast go at uh, Ellis park. And then once over in that wet, fast surface on uh, West Virginia Derby day there at Charlestown. All right. So let's move to race seven. Then uh, this is the distaff. John, I got to tell you last year, my long shot of this race was a California horse in blue prize. And holy crap, if she almost did do the darn thing, John, in person, one of the great finishes I've ever seen. Oh, we were going crazy watching that race. Uh, and there, believe me, there was a lot of money on the line. If Hector Barrios could have got that horse's face down on the wire, I think I would have built him a statue. But uh, yeah, we, uh, we punched that exactor really hard. So we were not mad. And then what's crazy is we got uh, two races later. We loved Olympiad. We just played it straight. Flatline Olympiad, it still paid like 17 to one. I couldn't believe it. So yeah, the exact is, man, just, it, it's the thing about Breeders' Cup too, John. I'm sure you feel the same way. If you don't have to get too crazy to find great pays, right? Yeah. I mean, just that's play the exact is play across the board. Just play the horses you like. Yeah, exactly. Find horses you like because you're going to get value on really good horses. And it's just, yep. you know, it, it's, it's your, no matter what we do, it's still handicapping 101. You're looking for value and you have to try and figure out how the pace is going to go. But now you're going to have better horses, uh, more consistent horses uh, to play at bigger prices. So this year's edition of the Distaff, maybe not as, um, you know, there's no Malathat here. There's no Blue Prize, that kind of thing. But, I mean, I think this is a pretty good class here between Idiomatic, Adair Manor, Search Results, Clarier. Um, You get some names in here that people certainly know. When you get a pretty mischievous at 8-1, to one, and I think that's, by the way, a fair number in this group, that speaks to me, John, that this is a pretty darn good Distaff this year. The hard part about this race, Louie, is, all the prep races were won with by Phillies that got easy leads and they weren't yeah. really going fast. You know, uh, you, you had uh, idiomatic, a dairy monitor out West, you know, um, just one after the other, we're making the leads. Now they're all going to hook up together. And now we're going to see, all right, who's going to make the commitment. I'm going to go. The pace is going to be quicker. You've got the mile and an eighth and uh, you know, who's your Phillies on the rail. She's probably has to stand with the blinkers on from the rail uh, idiomatic post four, uh, a dairy amount of post five search results will be close up as well. Uh, so something's got to give. somebody's going to have to either sit back or, or just commit and go and, and make the lead. And maybe it sets up for a closer. I know Clarier ran poorly last time she's t- trained well out here. Every time I've given up on her, she's, uh, you know, she's taught me a lesson. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I give her a chance to bounce back. I don't know what paint uh, you can can close from as far back as she's going to be on this particular racetrack. So it's an interesting race. It's a tactical race. Uh, Adari Minor, you know, she's had she's been beating up on really soft fields in California. She's got a terrific record, but uh, she's been exposed a couple of times when she's trying to take on the big girls. So we'll see if she gets it done on her home track. She does love Santa Anita and she's training well. I don't know if you've talked to uh, Phil D'Amato specifically about this, but we're seeing Hector Berrios get them out on Desert Dawn instead of Umberto Rispoli here. Um, I don't know what it is about her. She reminds me a little bit of Slow Down Andy in that she's just going to get a check here. 
I, I think there's a legitimate shot she hits the board. She always seems to be right there. Um, I agree with you about Clarier, by the way. If we draw a line through the last in the personal ensign, especially in that slop at, at uh, Saratoga, it feels like every race we talk about in New York this year was in the slot, but um, right. the uh, it really does. Um, you know, ran okay in the Shuvi before that was really good. The Ogden Phipps. I think she's the the main threat to pick off. You know, a, a torrid pace at the beginning. Um, do you think Desert Dawn can get a check here though? She's a filly that's been compromised. She always catches these races where there's nobody to run with a Dari Manor, so she'll run third and fourth all the way around. She'll keep grinding and grinding and grinding. I don't think she's good enough to win the race. But again, if you're playing tries and superfectas and all those things, she could kind of sneak up into the number there. The faster they go early, the better she's going to like it. And uh, I like Hector Barrios quite a bit. Uh, this is a guy that's not, he'll, he'll save ground. Uh, there's no race that's too big for him. We saw that in his very first Breeders' Cup ride last year. Uh, he's terrific on the grass course at Santa Anita. And you can still find value at the windows on horses he rides. So a lot of pluses there. And uh, yeah, at a big number, I think Desert Dawn's 20 to 1 on the morning line. If she's that big a price and you're playing the, those exotics, she's worth throwing in. I um, Before the Derby, I spend a lot of time talking about which prep races are good predictors for success in the Kentucky Derby. Obviously, the Santa Anita Derby is one of those races. No question about it. Lots of great horses have come out of there and frankly also won the Kentucky Oaks, right? Coming out of the, uh, the Santa Anita Oaks. Do you think that can be reversed as well? Is idiomatic the horse to beat here, even though she's been training at Churchill? I, I think so. I really do. Um, yeah. And she's, she's the one Philly that's kind of moved forward the second half of the year. That's a lot okay. of these have kind of been the same, the same, the same axiomatic has gotten better and better. And I don't know if she's leveled off yet. And, you know, Brad Cox is kind of quiet, but he's been pretty confident. He says she's never been better, and and who am I to to knock uh, what he says? He kind of knows what he's doing. And uh, Brad Cox's horses run big on big race days, yep. and uh, I don't think the mile and eighth is going to bother her one bit. So of the speed horses, she also might be the most versatile. She may be able just to sit off a little bit if somebody has to have the lead. So uh, she, to me, is the one to beat in this race. Uh, it's just a race that uh, on paper is very tough to tell how it's going to be run. Yeah, it, it's near impossible. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so let's uh, skip ahead two races. We'll go to the classic. Um, look, uh, we've had some defections. Obviously, we talked about Arcangelo uh, early in the show, not running in this race. I thought, John, he had a legitimate shot uh, in this field, especially in this company. Uh, at this point, though, is it is this Arabian Nights race to lose? I mean, he doesn't have to contend with Go Rocket Ride. Uh, he's going to get the lead in this group, I think. Um, is there a chance that this is uh, – I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm seeing people on Twitter pretty negative on him, which makes me giggle uh, because I, I think he's absolutely a, a, a not just a threat but a legitimate threat uh, in this one. Arabian Nights race to lose, or is there is there more guys to look at? Here? Well, Arabian Night, when he came off a layoff, at the, was it the Haskell uh, over yes. at Monmouth, and he got beat. Uh, I was really disappointed. I, I thought he had no excuse that day. He came back and beat older horses in the Pacific Classic at Del Mar, but it wasn't a particularly strong race. And, and my notes were, you know, that wasn't good enough to win the Breeders' Cup Classic. But this horse has taken a step forward out of the Pacific Classic. He has trained like an absolute beast out here since, since that race. Bob Baffert has specifically sat him out to wait for the Classic. There is not a horse that has trained better at Santa in either the last two or three weeks than, than Arabian Night. He's going to run the best race of his career. 
It looks like he has a pace advantage. He's drawn in post 12, which would be 11 now with Arcangelo out of the race. And it looks like, to me like he just has the one pace uh, rival probably in Saudi Crown. And I think, yes. he's a quick, I think he's a quicker horse than Saudi Crown. Yeah. He'll make the lead in here. I, I've never been absolutely 100% sure that Arabian Night was a mile and a quarter horse. And horses will get a mile and a quarter at Del Mar with, that, with a short stretch. Right. Sometimes they don't get a mile and a quarter someplace else. So there's a little doubt in my mind that way. I do think Arabian right night will run the best race of his career on on Saturday. I think it, it might be good enough. Um, I, he'll be one of the betting favorites. And the way the race has kind of fallen, you know, you had a wide barrier, miss a couple of works. Uh, yeah. The best wouldn't let him work a couple of times. He worked super last Friday. I'm not sure if he's a mile and a quarter horse. And, right. and uh, you know, I think the horse he has to beat is the Japanese horse. We talked about those things. And uh, Tesoro, yeah. Yeah, he, he's just a big, gorgeous animal. Uh, he had a lot of problems schooling in the gate the other day, and they're going to take him – he's going to work uh, on Wednesday, and then he'll school in the gate on Thursday. So we'll get a look at him doing that again. They're going to change some of the stuff that they'll use to stand him in the gate. But uh, the way he ran in the prep race in Japan on September 27th was super – uh, I think, and again, in a, in a year that I think the North American dirt horses are relatively modest, this is a great spot for a Japanese horse maybe to come in and, and take a shot and win it. A couple of years ago, I was at the Preakness, and France go to Ina, another uh, Japanese bred, was in that race, had come over, and as part of his prep for the race, instead of him being in the paddock and, you know, uh, the Preakness is a little different because they bring the horses out. You actually saddle on the on the turf course in front of your number there. And then, you know, you come back out, they walked him on the turf course. He just walked in a circle, frankly, for about 20 minutes before the race. I mean, it was a full 20 minutes. And I remember, and I only remember this cause it's, 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 it's only something you can do at Pimlico. I was standing on the roof with the Baltimore city sniper squad of all things. And, <laughs> and I'm watching this horse go in a circle, go in a circle. And I'm like, what, if he has to do this, should he be running in front of 130,000 people or whatever were there in Baltimore that day? And, and the horse ended up being fine. He finished up the track, but that's just because he wasn't as good as the other horses in the race. Is there a little bit of this, just like a cultural difference you think with like a horse like Ushba de Soro where, where he just is used to different things. And then he gets, you know, he's not in the Arabian peninsula. He's not in Japan anymore. It's just an adjustment in California. Or do you think it's just him? Oh, I, I think it was just uh, him. You know, the starting gates yeah. are different in Europe and, yeah. and in Dubai than they are in the United States. Yeah. And for whatever reason, uh, it may be that it was just, I don't know if it was tighter or it was just different. And so he reacted to that. Uh, he shipped around the world. So I don't think shipping is a problem. And the Japanese horses, like you say, they spend a lot of time outside the stall. So he'll yes. go out and he'll jog on the training track before he goes to jog on the main track. And they'll walk around, you know, they'll, they'll spend a long time out of the stall. So that's not unusual. Uh, you know, he just, he came over here. He looks healthy. His coat is bright. He looks fit. And so they, they, I think there's a little margin of error, you know, time to spend. You have to go through the quarantine and everything else. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing the video of his breeze on Wednesday. Uh, but uh, I think this is a serious racehorse, and he catches a rather suspect field for the Classic. Yeah, uh, winner last time at uh, Funabashi, of course, uh, in the in the Nippon TV there. And, of course, before that, the Dubai World Cup, the grade one uh, as well. Senor Buscador has been running in California, I think, um, has caught people off guard with his uh, talent. We watched him win the ACAC here at Churchill Downs. I think that was last year, actually. Wins the 
um, wins the San Diego handicap at a mile and a 16th uh, in a closing role. Any chance, I don't want to say that he wins because I, I oh we've seen stranger things in this, in this race for sure. But just because he is a closer and he's, I, he might be the, the only pure closer in this field. I mean, I, I think he's a, an, a, an honest threat to, to pick up the pieces and, and hit the board. But is there any chance that just longer stretch than Anita, he picks off the whole race? He's a really hard horse for me to figure. I, I kind of thought watching the, the sprint race that he ran down at Del Mar, he was better around one turn as a late running sprinter. And then in the Pacific Classic, he made up a lot of ground in the lane. Yeah. I think it was fourth that day, but he ran yep. well. They didn't blaze the last quarter mile, so maybe it was a little bit of a, you know, kind of fully with the eye watching it. But he's a horse that uh, is just deceptive. He, he, he does have a run in him. And uh, it looks like it doesn't matter, you know, where he's at, what they do, what the pace is. He's going to give you what he's got. Uh, is it good enough? I, I don't think so. But uh, he's fooled me before, so I, I can't toss him. I wouldn't if, if you liked him. I wouldn't try and talk you off. Yeah, we um we we had uh, Kevin Kilroy on uh, right before uh, he won uh, in in uh in that San Diego handicap, and Kevin said I really like him in this spot for the price, especially. And I said, no, no, I think it's going to be slow down, Andy. And then, of course, nice little one, too. So that ended up being a nice little exacto for us. All right, so let's get on. Uh, I, You know what? I guess I have to uh, ask the question. Um, are you horribly offended that the Breeders' Cup Classic is not the last race of the day? No, I understand it. Uh, to I me, too. yeah, I, I get it. Uh, no, because uh, if I lose the Classic, there's a way to get out. I, I've got more race <laughs> to play. Uh, it's the horse player in me. <laughs> so, so. Well, the thing I've said, John, is is I think the best thing horse racing can try to do right now as we evolve into whatever the next phase of our game is, right. is try to mainstream this thing as much as possible. Be, exactly. be the thing that leads into a football game. That's great. Because tons of fine. people are going to be flipping on TV for football. And if they catch if they catch a horse race and go, wait, what's going on in California today? I think that's only a possible. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, they're going to see clear blue skies here, those mountains behind there. Hey, that might be a good place to go try and and, and go see what's going on out there. So uh, I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, the races have to be run. I, I honestly, being a fan of being at the track, when they have the Classic as the last race, I have to deal with the traffic getting out of there. That's fair so, enough, too. Yeah, yeah, they have an allowance race, and the very last race in the card gives us some time to work our way through. So I, I, I'm fine with it. All right, so uh, the second to last race on the card is another dirt race, and this is where I think the West Coast horses uh, can have the biggest effect on the day, and that's in the sprint. Uh, Two million bucks going six furlongs on the dirt there. Uh, we get a ton of California entries here um, as well. You get Dr. Shivel, one of my favorite uh, California horses ever. American Theorem is in here. Uh, you'll see, um, oh gosh, Hoist the Gold, uh, who's running uh, California several times. Uh, Chosen Vron, who is the California bred who I think has a legit shot here. Uh, Speedboat Beach, people love, of course. And they'll be fighting off Elite Power and Gunite on the outside. John, I mean, who's the best of these California sprinters? This is this is a fun class of California sprinters. This is a good race. And then the California sprinters are pretty evenly balanced. The way the race came up, Louis, there isn't a ton of early speed for a sprint. Right. And I, I really think that Speedboat Beach coming off, you know, he, he came off a long layoff at the beginning of the meet and he ran against older horses for the first time and he caught that wet track when we had that shower uh, on that first saturday of the meet yeah and he, and he just got nailed on the wire by dr shivel i think all things considered he ran huge that day now he's come back and he's worked six furlongs on 111 it looked like 114 
and the blowout this week in 47. He he's doing really, really well. And I think he'll take a step forward. And if I if they want it, if Mike Smith wants to use it, I think he's the speed of the speed in here. And that's always good a good thing at Santa Anita. Uh Dr. Shivel got beat a nose at Del Mar a couple of years ago in this race. Just a brutal loss. Uh, he fires every time and he's training really well. He drew post two, so he'll have to work out a little bit of a trip. And the chosen Vron is probably my favorite horse in the backstretch. All he does is win. He's just this gorgeous little chestnut horse that lays his body down every time. He if does. he's got a chance at the eighth pole, he's going to beat you. He just, he he wants to win. And uh, if, if he won, I would be very, very happy. I don't know if he's good enough, but uh, he's going to give it whatever he's got. And I want to, you know, the trainer, Eric Krojak, just done such a great job of managing this horse. I yep. hope he gets rewarded with, with a win in a race like this. Are they all good enough to hold off a horse like Elite Power, who's finally going to get some pace, I think, because no matter what, Speedboat Beach is going to set a fast pace. Uh, there, there'll be something to run at. I think Elite Power might be better at six furlongs than he is at seven, where he gets mm. some pace and he can power home. I was so impressed with his win in this race, the British Cup Sprint last year at Keeneland. Uh, if he runs that race again, he's going to be awful tough to beat. But all three of the California horses I mentioned, Speedboat Beach, The Chosen Ron, and Dr. Shivel, they're all live. They're, they're, they're doing well. Eight for his last 10 is a lead power, including, as you mentioned, that Breeders' Cup sprint uh, last year. Uh, I have to admit, one of my favorite Breeders' Cup moments, John, uh, was the, oh, I think it was the COVID Breeders' Cup. We happened to be there at Keeneland, and Whitmore won the sprint. And it was just a cool moment. It screwed up all of my tickets, but it was still a very cool <laughs> moment. Um, and so uh, maybe we'll get a moment like that uh, this weekend. Uh, frankly, it, I think the chosen Vaughn would be the version of that, right? I think obviously right. Whitmore had more fans, you know, generally around the country, but, um, you know, it was cool to watch him pick off a race like that in a style that he usually didn't run uh, from off right. the pace. And so, uh, but the chosen Vaughn, look, everything you just said, I think if we went back and listened to you in July before the Bing Crosby, you would have said all the same things. Yeah, I'm pretty much on this. Right? Those yeah. horses have gotten to this race just yeah. the right way. They've yeah, been managed right. well, and they're nobody's yeah. gone backwards out of those horses. Very, very cool. So, do you think a, ho a horse like Speedboat Beach will run next year? I would think so. Uh, you know, he's he missed his entire three year old year. So, if you want to make a stallion, or or I don't, I can't remember now. If he's a gelding, but uh, you know, if you want oh, no, to make a career intact, yeah. Yeah, I think he's got a lot to prove as far as longevity. So he's obviously lightly raced. So I, I don't think uh, I see any reason why not. And it looks like he's gotten better and better now. I would I would think he would run, especially with the British Cup at Del Mar next year. All right. So uh, anyone else on the card that you are look? I, I think there are two ways to look at at um, at Breeders Cup. You and I have one thing in common. We look at it from the betting side for sure. Is there a horse you just you haven't seen before that you're excited to see run? Well, from a personal standpoint, on Friday in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, yep. uh, this is the Breeders' Cup. I actually bred a horse in this race. Uh, How about that? I raced a mare named Star Equality in California. She made about $300,000. I, I bred her to Bolt to Oro, and I sold her at the Facing Tipton sale. Well, that foal is a horse that turned out to be full Maneo, and he's in the Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile Turf. Oh, that. He's a big, good-looking thing. They sent me some pictures, and and so I, you know, I'm not listed as the breeder because he was sold at the sale, but uh, I know who bred who to who, and <laughs> I would I would love to see that. And and her second foal, I think, brought seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to Saratoga this this summer. So uh, it's pretty cool. She was a a very modest horse, but a very a, a beautiful mare, and and uh, you know, 
I've bred, I think, two horses in my life, and one of them got to the Breeders' Cup. So that's pretty cool. There you go. Well, uh, technically a Maryland bred there at, at uh, Country yes. Life Farm. So uh, very cool. Uh, the folks at the Maryland Thoroughbred Breeders Association are good friends of our show. So that's awesome. Um, he's John Lindo, uh, Thoroughbred LA. Please do tell people where they can listen to you or find you this week. Uh, we do have subscribers in Las Vegas, so you're welcome to pub that as well. <laughs> well, you can catch us on thoroughbredla.com. Uh, Saturday, we're 9 to 10. I'll be uh, at the South Point. And then Sunday, the wrap-up, we'll do 8 to 10. Okay. Uh, thoroughbredla.com. Mike Woolman will host that from Santa Anita. And, uh, yeah, South Point, I'll be doing a seminar 6 p.m. on Friday in the Grand Ballroom out there. If you're coming out to Vegas, and it's not a bad place to to watch the Breeders' Cup. We have viewing parties in the Grand Ballroom. You can watch the World Series, a little college football, pro football. You won't lack for things to do in that city <laughs> next weekend. Uh, come on out for that. And uh, we'll be doing a little – they have a TV studio there. We're going to do a TV studio uh, show uh, Thursday at 5, going over the Friday Breeders' Cup races with Ralph Sirocco, who hosts a show called Race Day Las Vegas out there. Awesome. Well, perfect. That's a, a lot of good stuff. We always encourage you on the happy hour to check out our friends. Uh, get as much information as you can. And then uh, make your wagers accordingly. So he's John Lindo, John Lindo 60 on Twitter, Thoroughbred LA. John, I'm a big fan, man. I really appreciate you sitting through all the technical issues. We'll catch you next time. All right, Lee. Best of luck. Catch some tickets this weekend. All right, John. Talk to you soon.